Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 159, episode 5 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Friday, November 13th, 2020, uh, 68 days until January 20th. Very nice. I also just like the number 68. No, no reason. Uh, my you name is Jack O'Brien. I remember you've gone not right a fan. Over that yeah, yeah, not a fan. Uh, my name is Jack O'Brien, aka Michael Jack Donald of the Mountain Doobie Brothers. Uh, that is courtesy mm. of Christiana Gucci Mane, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. And when you go, 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 I know it'll finally end. It'll finally end all the tweets that you used to send, all the prison terms for your friends, all the crooks that you used to know have gone out the window, all the lies that you used to spread, all the space you took in my head, all the constant doom scroll threads have gone out the window. Okay, shout out to Secretary (laughs) of Interior Cheeky Sanders on the Discord with that Sugar Ray. AKA shout that out That song M- was Mr. stuck in my head all week. Like as Really? Yeah, as the as Trump lost the election, I kept hearing when it's over. That part of the song in my head. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Look at you. Uh, you, you should have been in Sugar Ray, man. I could uh, see you in Sugar Ray. Bro, I've been saying <laughs> that for years. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> finally. I'm Go to the St. Francis de Sales Carnival in Sherman Oaks, California. Mark McGrath is there every year. Oh, if you ever need to cross paths with McGrath. Yeah, that's where you go. The most cocaine I've ever seen somebody on on TV was his appearance on the Wendy Williams show. Uh, it's worth <laughs> worth finding. It's very hard to find, but uh, if you do find it, it's an incredible. Oh, he like is, it's been scrubbed. He I'm is. Like yeah, I, I don't know. I ended up using it Motion. in a in a episode of that YouTube show, The Spit Take. So you might be able to find it there. But it was really hard to find back then, and it was like an early two thousands clip. But he is more than f- fucking flying, man. More than Chris Klein in the Mamma Mia audition. Well, the Mamma Mia audition was not uh, live yeah. national TV. That's um, true. That's true. Yeah. A yeah. private moment. Yeah. Um, all right. We are going to tell the listeners a couple of things we're talking about, and then we'll get to know our guest. Uh, mm. We're going to talk about uh, Trump's definition of landslide, how that has been changing. Uh, we're going to talk about his war with Fox. Uh, the golden goose is going to war with Fox, as he termed himself. Uh, the Trump cringe brigade okay. is here to rescue him. We're going to talk about uh, just generally Fox News's kind of weird cognitive dissonance. What we do to lock dumb narcissists out of power going forward, if there is anything we can do. Talk about Mountain Dew product placement on Prestige TV. And mm-hmm. I am excited to talk about the CMAs. I had missed the Country Music Awards <laughs> for the 40th year running, but it apparently was a real spectacle uh, and very political in its attempt to be apolitical. Oh, I can only imagine the the chewing through their own lips these people were doing. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get to any of that, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented Sarah Schaefer. What's up? How are you? Oh, it's good to be with y'all again, although sad to not be there in person. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Agreed. Agreed. What's new? What's new, Sarah? What's new over there for you? This is all new. I love it. I just moved. Very cool. Uh, These frames. Gesturing to Well, that's not new stuff, but it's new. It's a new place. Art wall placement, Mm A1. We're still working it out, but yeah. Okay. (laughs) I do like it. The... Like the pieces are kind of fit together like a puzzle. Uh, that's yeah. that's my favorite kind of uh, art wall placement. Gallery Doing, wall, yeah, yeah, gallery, gallery wall. wall. Yeah. That's which I used to just be like in the, when I moved into like my first place as a young person. I, that was just my excuse to not have a laser level or anything that could actually <laughs> yeah. be grid. So I'm like, no, it's more of a gallery wall feel where it's like I'm just gonna <laughs> haphazardly throw them all up. You know, it's that's like the vibe. Impressionist. Yeah. It's all about how it makes you feel. Um, right. 
To you, it looks like a gallery, correct? Well, then it's, it's achieved <laughs> yeah. its intent. That's right. Uh, Sarah, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are or where you are? What's your um, cross-stitch graph paper? Cross stitch. It's the last thing I googled paper. that wasn't private medical stuff. Wait, so what's <laughs> what do you use cross stitch? Is that like to make a template and then? Yeah. So here's. It's good that that came up because I am surrounded by this stuff right now. <laughs> um, You're like, how did it get in my house? This cross stitch craft paper. Okay, so here's a blank piece of gra- okay. cross stitch graph paper, and it's like oh wow, ten. So it's much. Much smaller than uh, regular graph paper that you would get, which I do have some here as well. This is a regular piece of graph paper. Okay. <laughs> I'm familiar, yep, from yeah, geometry then, class. Yeah, and then I use it to space out stitching that I'm going to do so I can center it properly. I'll give you a, a little preview. Um, this says, Whoa. I miss you, Merry Mismas. This says, wear a mask, dumbass. Um, <laughs> Are these and masks then, that you're making for people? They're, they're ornaments I'm making, and they oh. go in like a little hoop. And I have an Etsy shop, so um, they'll be going up for sale soon. But um, oh fuck yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I I do that every I do like a Christmas. I sell stuff year round, but I don't do new items usually until around the holidays. And um, I do it for fun, and then yeah. the money that I make just goes back to my supplies. <laughs> There you go. Now, are so, you like the, the country yeah. music awards? Do you cater to both sides? Do you have a another one that's like, uh, don't wear a mask, sheeple? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I don't have those. Um, and actually, ah. I'm curious because when the pandemic hit, I made a cross stitch of the coronavirus, the actual like molecule. Yeah. Right. And then right. I like typed something like "Remember in November," which we did. Oh, um, yeah. And, and I stitched that on and I sold it was just a one off piece and I sold it and or I tried to sell it and Etsy took it down because this was the beginning of I've never had an item taken down by Etsy. And they were like, we do not allow the sale of things um, that could profit off of a pandemic or there was a lot of like masks in the beginning. There was a lot Got of misinformation it. about like what's a proper mask and like can we sell masks? You know, Got yeah, it. is right, that right. stuff that should be reserved for? You know, there was. I I think it's probably fine to sell yeah. something that says wear a mask now. But yeah, in the beginning yeah. they were being really. So I'm curious if this controversial. Will, um, who knows? I mean, <laughs> I have sold all kinds of other stuff that with curse words and things. So like, I don't think that they censor. Right. I think they were just like trying to avoid they were being overly cautious by just searching for the word covid or coronavirus and like taking Mm -hmm. all that stuff down because i think some some people are like trying to sell like this crystal will help you um not get coronavirus i bet there was shit like that so um all my masks are made of loose loose yarn um, yeah, but I have, but masks, I have my, not a good idea. <laughs> I have my protection crystals in my top pocket, so yeah. I am good. Yeah, um, yeah so. that's really not loose yarn either, Jack. <laughs> I keep telling you, it's just a bunch of loose hair you keep balling up, <laughs> insisting is a mask. <laughs> but I tied it, I roll it together real <laughs> tight in the little balls. Uh, it does. I don't even breathe it in anymore and cough. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good for your yeah. lungs. Yeah. Do you um, like the? Cross stitching thing, uh, like as a like, obviously it's the hobby. Is it the creativity aspect that appeals to you, or is it the like you get lost in like a flow state of like giving all of your concentration yeah. to the act? It's all of that, and it's right. I've always liked making things with my hands, you know, like and especially things that are repetitive, so right, that right, right. you're just and detailed. I really like because it forces you to concentrate and focus and not hear your the demons in your head that are trying mm-hmm. to ruin your life. Um, so, Facts. um, yeah, I like, I've always liked doing, I used to crochet, which is a similar, like repetitive, detailed counting. I like counting. Um, and, but that was like too, like when I lived in New York city, it was like too big to carry like, right. A blanket onto the, I mean, people would do it, but, yeah. um, <laughs> I would see people with like huge blankets, like crocheting yeah. on the subway, and I'd be like, "Hell yeah!" Um, so I would usually do patchwork stuff where I'd I'd 
to make squares and then sew those together later. But, right, um, right, right. But then um, eventually I moved back to cross stitch because that was something that I used to do when I was young and I like got back into it and now I'm I'm obsessed. I mean, there's such a thin line between like, you know, all these different things. It's like they're putting together things that exist elsewhere, like in terms of like team building things for like work and Branding is a thing in fraternities and, you know, like, uh, and then the multi-level marketing thing is pretty fucking, uh, you know, that, that exists out there in legal forms. Like I think my parents were in, in one, like at one point in like the Avon thing, you know, selling all all of our shampoo smelled like shit for a couple of years. Cause my parents like bought a big, uh, bought into like something, (laughs) some eucalyptus thing. Yeah, my Luca, I think it was called. My parents did something called New Skin. Yeah. Um, which was yeah. like Icelandic mud masks and like skin products from Iceland. Uh Iceland, I guess is how you say it. But um We say Iceland on this Iceland. podcast. You got it right. <laughs> <laughs> um the land of ice. And um it was made me even as a teenager, I mean it was in a really crazy time in my life, so everything was awkward and and scary at that time but like sure um i remember just feeling like already knowing how does this work like this isn't gonna work out for us like i right. can tell you're yeah. not gonna make money off of this <laughs> like yeah um let's but, go back to the goji berries yeah that was the one thing i have a book out called grand and uh, check it out anywhere books are sold hey. um and it's a memoir and, it, and i mentioned new skin and um when you write a memoir they have at the very end of the process they'll have like the legal team will read it do what's called a legal read of the book and they will have a conversation with you about any places in the book where you might be vulnerable to being sued and when they say you they mean them right (laughs) like they don't give a shit i mean they do they care about you but like but they're they're looking out for themselves too but they're like here's the places where you're vulnerable and we talked about like the people in the book and like, I was like, Oh, my dad's fine with everything that I said about him. And they're like, okay, good. And then they were like, okay, so besides that, really nothing except the way you described new skin. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. They were like, like, we don't want that. We don't want problems with them. Right. So I guess I, I mean, I was was like, wow, the detail, the attention to detail that you gave this made me feel like confident, you know, that they had done a thorough job, but like, I mentioned Newskin like in one paragraph, like I didn't even spend time on it, but I said it was a pyramid scheme mm. and they were like, actually they went to court over it and the court did not rule them to be a pyramid scheme. So right. technically you can't call them that unless you're vulnerable to being sued. And I was like, okay, so I just and also remember- you have to mention their age revitalizing properties and how <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. they're like legit. in the cult. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't like pyramid scheme. We like a geometric structure where triangular shapes converge at a single step at the top scheme. And then right. no when one makes the word money. Pyramid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that was an interesting like. I was like, oh right, like they actually had worked this out in court. So that if I was to say it, it could potentially be easily proven that I was committing like libel or yeah, you yeah. Know. So uh, new skin, you know. they've got eyes everywhere. Their skin, yeah, that's what they've know, always said. Yeah. New yeah. skin, they're so litigious. They go after. <laughs> they're people, everywhere. You know? <laughs> they're they're everywhere. They're probably behind you right now. What is uh? What's something you think is overrated? Um. Oh wait, was underrated first? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so underrated, I guess I fucked that up a little. Oh, uh, wait, was the Val overrated? The Val was overrated, but okay. I was like, is it because people have criticized it so much? So I, what, here, we've, we've had that conversation is what we've done. You can, or, you can, or you can just do the setup differently or you just yeah, say overrated. I, for, I, I interchange them every once in a while, so why don't um, I just... No, I think it's fine how it is. I don't know even what my... Oh, oh, okay. So overrated was the Val. Okay, right? got it. The vow is overrated. Um, for the record. For the record. Underrated um, is my book. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> here we Boom. go. Self learning to self promote, learning to be assertive, confident in your own work, 
Um, I've been doing and working because we that talked therapy. about this, Sarah, before we went on. We we're like, I don't know if we're going to talk about your book, but you went you went ahead and bulldozed right in. We like the confidence. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, um, when you write a book, you know they'll ask you questions. Like, like we were, this is over a year ago. They were like, my team, my team was like, uh you know, we were trying to decide when should the book come out? This is before we knew there would be a pandemic and, you know, but they were like, you don't want it to come out fall of 2020 because it's near an election and it's a crazy one. And there's going to be a lot of books that are going to overshadow your chances. And they were like, well, so do you care about getting on the New York times bestseller list? And I was like, I mean, yeah, like I, I would want that. I mean, not. <laughs> hey, right. do you care about that? <laughs> yeah, that I was like, what do you mean? Do like I care? And my my agent went, well, some people don't. Some authors don't care. And I was like, those people are lying. Right. Yeah. They yeah. care more. <laughs> or are they so wealthy that they just write books to like kill time? Yeah, I was like, I'm it's sorry. An intellectual like, exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Of right. course, <laughs> I care. I was like, I know it's a really long shot. Like, I know it's really hard to get on it. But like, why would I do anything to make it harder? So we had decided to put the book out in August. So in putting a book out, you have to at once be incredibly delusional about it. You have to be like, we're going all the way, baby. Oprah Book Club. Like, you know, New York right, Times right, right. bestseller. Let's do it. Let's put everything gonna, behind it. It's going to be in every hotel bedside stand in yeah, the country. Yeah. Hudson News, baby. Like, let's do it. Like, <laughs> everywhere, you know? Um, you got to put everything you can into it because books are so hard to sell. But then at the same time, you have to go, no one is going to buy this book. No one buys books. <laughs> Get your shit together. Be realistic. Right. So, like, that's why I feel like my book – um, I've had incredible positive response, but like I didn't get any of those big things. And so sure. in my mind, it's underrated. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, and I, I'm so proud of it. Like I, I, I've put out so many things into the world over the years, TV show, podcasts, writing, all kinds of stuff. I've done it all, yeah. but this is my masterpiece. Like I have never made anything this good. And I, I it, so, it feels so good to feel so confident in something. And like, yeah. I know that some people may not like it. Like, that's totally fine with me. I don't give a shit. But <laughs> I know that I did something that to my standards is like, I couldn't be more proud of it. I've never worked so hard on anything in my life. So that's why I'm like, it'll never be, it'll always be underrated until, <laughs> you know, like. Hell yeah. Well, yeah. You, you got to have that. some big uh... thing. The pre-Yeezus Kanye confidence. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> um, what What is the book about? It's a memoir. It's um, It follows me on a trip I did into the Grand Canyon, an eight-day whitewater rafting trip down 200 miles of the Colorado River. And then I'm like remembering episodes from my life um, oh, and cool. kind of like the journey that led me up to this trip. And it's a lot about anxiety and forgiveness. And it's it's like I'm a comedian. And so it's not what you would expect from a typical comedian. Right. Um, it's definitely like got some depth to it. And it'll make you cry as well as laugh. Um, but that's my favorite type of work to do. So um, it's all of me in there. It's very vulnerable and real. And, and, and I've heard it's a breeze to read. Okay? <laughs> Did you, not, do you t- and... And yeah. you touch on new skin in there too. The new I skin. talk about new skin. So if you're a new skin head, oh not right. no Uh-oh. no not a new Uh-oh. skin head. Well, oh couple my of God. those since Biden became president. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been radicalized, <laughs> this book is for you. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, and what's the name of the book? Grand. Grand. All Grand right, Canyon. guys. You get it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 all right. Yeah, and I hear it's compulsively readable. Um, oh wait, hold on. You think I'm not ready for this? Boom. Bang. There it is. There, there it is. is. Ooh, with notes. Oh, someone's got someone's got notes picked out of their Oh own yeah, because I, I had to do a virtual book tour. Uh, uh which oh, got you. That's I mean, your readings. Truly a nightmare. Like I hated <laughs> it so much. Cause it was like, you know, if you go on a tour of any kind, book tour, uh um, have you guys ever done a tour? You should do a tour. Yeah, oh, <laughs> we were Ooh. we were we were we were flying internationally up until like the last week before lockdown, and I was like smoking joints with like fifty hundred people at the end of every show <laughs> right before the pandemic, and I was like, Ooh. 
<laughs> is this okay? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yes, so we've done know, a like, bit of a tour. We you know, know, we've seen, we've tours, heard. We know. You do stand up, whatever. And, and, you know, I'm like a, a book tour. I'm like, if 30 people showed up to a book event at a little books, indie bookshop oh, yeah. in Seattle, I would feel like the king. Yeah. Uh, but if 30 people show up to a virtual book event, you feel like you want to <laughs> yeah. kill yourself. I mean, you're just truly like, why is there only 30 people here? I have 80,000 yeah. Twitter followers. What's the ratio here right. is not yeah. encouraging. <laughs> you know? You're like talking shit to the people that showed up. You're like, what about you? What the fuck? It's my oh, family. It's yeah. like my family. <laughs> And like three of my friends and then some random people. I'm like, how did you get in here? Like what? one of them got <laughs> bombed by teen boys. It was such a nightmare. We just sh- we had, we just shut it down before they even finished introducing me. I hadn't said a word. Oh, no. And these like kids came on and were like, women aren't funny. Eh, 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 eh. And then like my dad's girlfriend, every- you could see everyone. It was like just like this, a Zoom gallery. And... Um, my dad's girlfriend, her name is Dee Dee, and one of the kids goes, Dee Dee, you old bitch, and that's when they were like, shut it down, shut it down. Wow. <laughs> Don't come for Dee Dee. All right, we're, we're shutting this nonsense Yeah, down. apparently there's different ways of doing Zoom events, and the, this one was done in a way that anyone could just unmute just, themselves, yeah. and I yeah. was like, no, 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 <laughs> shut it down. Let's see. It was so sad. And there's something about, like, book stores not doing good like you uh we did when i worked at cracked we had a couple we published a couple books and did like book tours for those and like it would be the same people who would sell out a live show with like you know 200 seats and then we'd do a book tour with those same people and it would be like five people at the yeah. barnes and noble it was it's like a totally you, different like you, beast, you couldn't yeah. pay them to come see the, the book tour yeah. version of the exact same thing yeah um, books yeah. are tough. Books are tough. Uh, all right, Sarah, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back to talk about what's happening in our country. And we're back. Just a quick check in with what what's going on with uh, the lame duck president. Uh, Donald Trump. Uh, lame as fuck, president. <laughs> lame as fuck, dude. <laughs> um, it looks like he's going to <clears throat> lose by the same margin that he won by last time, which wouldn't a landslide. be that right. It wouldn't be that big a problem if, if he hadn't spent the last four years just convincing himself and all of his followers that it was a total landslide and like biggest landslide of all time. This is like it. empirically I mean, not true on its face. Right. Yeah. You you lost the popular vote by what like three yeah. million? That's yeah. not a that's no. that's technically an L, but okay. Because uh someone was doing just a quick timeline of his use of landslide <laughs> and talking about his electoral college victory and December eleventh, twenty sixteen. We had a massive landslide victory, as you know, in the Electoral College. July fifth, twenty eighteen. It's all a ruse, the Russia story. This was an excuse for the Democrats who lost an election, actually got their ass kicked. 306, 306 to 223. That's a pretty good shellacking. Uh, December seven, <laughs> December 17th, 2019, Nancy Pelosi. Everyone, you included, knows what is really happening. Your chosen candidate lost the election in 2016 in an electoral college landslide, parenthetical, 306 to 227. And you and your party have never recovered from this defeat. He still goes... <laughs> November 20th, 2019. We had an electoral college, as you know, Congressman. We had a landslide, 306 to 223. We had a landslide. So he keeps saying this oh, number, God. 306, is a landslide. Joe Biden right now is winning with 306 electoral landslide votes. So right. a lot of people are like, I wonder if he's also having to recalibrate the definition of landslide in his mind, because if he was, you know, just... Not doing the a wild, fucking chance. Doing the solo on his mushroom flute, <laughs> being like 306, baby, you know what time it is, Mr. 306 worldwide. Like, <laughs> if he's now thinking, if Joe Biden is that, well, then did I lose? Or he knows that it's different. I don't know. Just a very interesting to think of. A nice overlap of details. Yeah. I, I feel like there's no way that he's uh, admitting that to himself, but... 
Um, because you know he probably would have got that tatted three oh six. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely has a gold chain that is three oh six. But also part of it is I think he just has a limited palette of like choices of words and phrases that he chooses from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the ones that stays in the in the cloud (laughs) around his head, like, oh, three oh six or like, you know, like all those words that he buzzwords. And I mean some people argue that it's because he's stupid and has limited, you know, limited cap- language ca- capability. And then others argue that it's part of mind, you know, mind control or, you know, you know, influencing people is by repeating the same phrases over and over and over again to the, to the listeners that are in your quote unquote cult are going to just, you know, it, it eventually solidifies in their head as right. reality um, you say something over and over again, then eventually some people who are susceptible to it will believe it, and they can't be convinced otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I've well, been it, going, is, I've been kind of going back and forth on that question of whether it's him actively manipulating and making smart, like uh, manipulative decisions to use fewer words to like trick people, or whether it's like just he happens to have access to fewer words and that happens to work with mm-hmm. his uh you know cult followers Be- like that kind of matters because if we're if we're assuming that he's like a one-off genius then this isn't like as big a problem as it is if he's just like showed every narcissist uh who's willing to uh sow hatred like the cheat code to winning yeah. winning the presidency and i i tend to think it's actually that he's not a one-off genius, that he's kind of an idiot who just happens to have this skill set and this, mm-hmm. like, was working from a base of an, a whole lot of, like, recognizability and Twitter followers, so he mm-hmm. was able to, like, kind of pick up momentum uh, right. he more had the than access he should have and, been. Right, right. But yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's a question. Like, there was a political scientist who wrote an op-ed in the New York Times that was talking about, like, what how do we like safeguard our democracy against like demagogues you know because like that's what he is he's not like he is a product of our democratic process like yeah and he's a he's a reflection of what a lot of these white voters wanted that's voted for him is like Mm -hmm. it was just a kamikaze pilot to root on right who was just Mm -hmm. gonna fucking just destroy dc and you can use the language like he's leading, but they didn't care. It's like, any again, mm-hmm. like just the psychology of people is like when you can't, when you are no longer feel powerful or empowered to build or create, the next best thing is to destroy mm-hmm. because right. at least you're in the game doing something. And if you yeah. can't, if you have no power, destruction is, is, that shit might as well look like building stuff because you're like, well, yeah. well, I did that and look at what it's doing to these other people. And I think that gave them an opportunity to say like, Yes, let me hitch my hopes and dreams of this ethno state to this guy who, like, I don't really agree mm. with anything, but like, he's down to fuck everything up. And that's how I feel as a person, whatever that is, based on how I got there. So I'm just going to root this on because, yeah, this, this sort of reflects what I'm feeling inside more than from anything to do with policy. That's why no one actually has anything substantive to say about policy. It's like when you, when people press Trump supporters at rallies, when they're like, Okay, so why are you voting for him? He's like, well, well, all the things he's accomplished, you know, that's what's going on. And they're like, okay, so what has he accomplished? Um, you know, like um, race, racial court <laughs> stuff. Uh, give me the give me the paper really quick. There was like, I remember Jordan Clever, he was out there and someone, these MAGA people were like, give me my cheat sheet on how to talk mm-hmm. about the president. Because they, they don't know, that's not the world they're operating in. They're like, no, I'm here to actually just, you know, cheerlead this guy fucking it all up. That's really what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah, I mean, my husband was talking to a family member um, back, uh, one of his family members a while back, and he, the family member is a Trump supporter and was like, you know, uh, Obama, he was so divisive. They don't know <laughs> right. what they mean when they sit, because he goes, he goes, okay, whatever that means, uh, I don't agree with it, but okay, name, because he goes, why don't you like Obama? Right. He goes, he was divisive. He's like, I... Okay, that doesn't make sense. I don't agree with you, but name name a policy that he put in place that you disagree with. And this person could not. He goes, "It was four years ago. I don't remember." 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. and I'm like, I remember things that Obama did that I don't like. Like, right. and I liked Obama. Like, I remember policies that he put in place that I disagree with. Like, you know, uh, so the fact that you hate him and you mm-hmm. can't name one actual thing that he did that negatively impacted your life other than a vague like mm. they get these talking points, like the the divisive thing. That's one you hear a lot about yeah. Obama. And they're already saying it about Biden. And it's like he's right, not yeah. even president yet. That's right. when you know your circuits are fried with hate. You know, like it happens yeah. with like sports fans. I'm like, man, fuck the Clippers, man. They they're bullshit. And they're like, Well, what did the Clippers do to you? I'm like, come on, why are you asking me that? It's just because I'm a Laker fan. It's not right. that I have a real I can articulate a reason. It's that just I'm I'm resonating at a frequency in which I just hate this shit. It's not because I'm thinking about it. I'm just not thinking at all. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of these people, their ability to sort of look at policy, it's not really policy they're looking at. It's just this the effects of what a president does to other people that they're into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This political scientist talks about just training. Like the way to work on this is something that we've been talking a lot about on our show is just like focusing on like locally, focusing on like the kinds of schools and jobs that train us in the habits of citizenship uh, and by like creating the background conditions in which we can actually solve problems in our families and our communities. Um, Because yeah, it's just fully until we are no longer being uh, communicating primarily through social media and cable news, like this is going to be what we're dealing with. Right. At a national level. Something to like, I get we always talk about there's a lack of empathy on the right, but that a lot of voters who are just sort of in this full MAGA world actually don't even believe in the concept of something like trauma, even for themselves. Right. You know, because they don't know that they are to say to be like, oh, you're a snowflake or whatever. Like, sure. But you there's an underlying thing to why someone may be upset by something. Right. Like, I wonder if you sat down like, has have you ever been wronged, man? Have you ever been through anything traumatic? I wonder, like, what that sort of thought experiment goes to if they're able to say, yeah, well, like, like, are they willing to be vulnerable? You know, because at the same yeah. time, if you if you reject the idea that anything is bad is happening to other people, you probably also believe that nothing bad has ever happened to you as well, because you can't even make that jump. I don't know. There's just something I've in the language that's always being used. I'm like, I wonder if they're even willing to say that they've ever actually been hurt or they know that they've been hurt and how they've been looking at that. I don't yeah. know. I'm not Ianla, but I'm trying to say. I mean, I think there's like also a something to the concept of like authoritarianism. Mm-hmm. Authoritarianism is like, it makes people feel safe to buy into a fundamentalist religion or authoritarian regime because if they were brought up fundamentalist um, in a, or in an authoritarian religion, um, it teaches you fear and it teaches you that um, I, I'm going to mess up the, the concept, but um, that you are in danger from the outer outside and that this is the place like this, this, this sect or this, this religion, this um, political party, whatever, is what keeps you safe from the evil on the outside. Um, and the only way to um, maintain that feeling of security is to have a, a strong man leader to carry out, you know, um, the and to protect you, to carry that out. And um, that is why you see a lot of uh, why pro-life is such a strong um, element of the Trump, like Trump, Trumpy Trumps um, coalition. Yeah. Coalition is that <laughs> because pro-life fundamentally is about controlling other people and it's authoritarian. I want authority over what you can do with yeah. your you can't life. You can do that. Yeah. And, um, and that goes into like transgender stuff because it's like I've always been like, why do you care? Like right. I'm just like, why do you care what somebody right. does? Like, and and it's because it's a authoritarian. I want to control others that aren't like me because difference and uh, unknown is frightening to me. 
And so I feel like so much of it is people who are really afraid and they're afraid of stuff that's not real. You know, it's, it's a boogeyman type stuff, but to right. them, it's But can they make that real. jump? Can they make that jump where they can admit they're afraid? I think that's the biggest difference, right? Is that like, no. it'll, it'll always be sort of draped in this faux aggressive thing of like, no, nah, man, we're good. We're like, mm-hmm. we're fucking like, this we're is American. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, mm, no, you're pissing your pants. And it's <laughs> yeah. And I mean, all of that fucking stuff everything up. is bigotry. I mean, abortion to me, the whole abortion debate to me is so rooted in racism. I mean, it's like, you know, it, it, yeah. it, all of it to me is rooted in racism, like the welfare and stuff. Like, I don't want my taxes going to. Right. To Them. who? You yeah. know, like, because right. you don't mind taxes going to farmers. Right. I mean, farmers are getting like wealth. You know, so many farmers in this country are are li- basically living on welfare. Yeah. Um, because from the subsidies and they, you know, it, oh, I could go on and on. That never gets a complaint. No. Not on Fox News, who I no. think I think it's sort of inevitable that anybody who falls for Donald Trump will end up either in a messy divorce with him or like the child of a messy divorce. Uh, mm-hmm. with him and that's where a lot of uh, Trump supporters now find themselves is Trump is going through a messy divorce with Fox Fox News well, he has to yeah they're, they're leaving him out here in the cold yeah I mean look what it, look what you're doing he was spent most of the morning on Thursday just hate tweeting at Fox and like being like I didn't really even fucking like them anyway he <laughs> tweeted at Fox News daytime ratings have completely collapsed weekend daytime even worse very sad to watch this happen, but they forgot that made what made them successful, what got them there. They forgot the golden goose. The biggest <laughs> difference between the 2016 election and the 2020 was at Fox News. Yeah, all right. Come on, Wonka. How much for the golden goose, Wonka? All right, Wonka. <laughs> what the fuck? He's the golden goose. Okay, yeah. I think that's probably the best description of himself he's ever given. Right, like that um, completely matches his internal It vision. tracks. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, but I think this is the thing—the clearest indication that we have that he is leaving office, that he's not, even though he's installing like a bunch of fucking Devin Nunes people, like all the people in the Pentagon. If you look, one of the things they have in common is that they were all in on like trying to smear any Russia investigation. So it makes sense that these people are loyalists. I'm your boss now. (laughs) Remember me when I said release the memo. That's me, Cash Patel. And then what the other guy, Anthony Tata, who's like literally said, I'm pretty sure that Obama is like a terrorist demon uh, or something like that. He's also there as well. Cash Patel and Anthony Tata. And these are not made up names that you're just (laughs) making up off the top of your head. Uh, But yeah. Aside from all that, the the signs that he's going to leave is that is that he's really talking about or the grumblings around him starting his own news network is only growing. And that makes sense because the only thing that is real to this man is money and he has none and he has debts. So the easiest pivot out of this fucking White House would be to digital media and Mm -hmm. more merch and just start writing books and just start, you know, basically commodifying everything that you've done the last four years and just bleed your supporters dry. And on Axios, they have some choice quotes from insiders uh, about this plan. Quote, he plans to wreck Fox. No doubt about it. Okay, that that tracks. No Uh, doubt about (laughs) it. Sounds like it's coming from him, that he's the source. No doubt about it. He's like, Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan Swan just like, all right, Mr. President, what do you want me to write here? (laughs) He plans to wreck Fox. No doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt. Actually, put no doubt. Does that sound Can cool? you imagine him like that's it's so interesting because it's like he's always been in these different like he was on The Apprentice, he was a guest on talk shows and stuff. He would call in to Fox, call in, call in, then he's on rallies, then he's president. Do you see him being like a Hannity? Like actually ho- like is he control like I don't think he has the work ethic no. to be able to sit and do a show every day. Like oh, I think I that think... that would it I, would need a studio audience. He's not going into a studio <laughs> to talk down the barrel of it a It would lens. be one of the worst shows ever made. I mean, like, because it would just be him rant. It would be a rally, like his rallies, like, yeah. but every night in a studio. And it, it, imagine them trying to write that for him or just produce it. Like, what a nightmare that would be. I think I it'll mean, just be him right. going out in front of a crowd, riffing for an hour each night and 
you know, Hannity will follow him to this new network and Hannity will either be on hand or he'll have the show that like leads in to that. And yeah, I, I have no doubt he'll be able to do that because it is the thing like that seems to be the one thing that feeds him is like getting out yeah. in front of people and just like oh, keeping yeah. that going and their, you know, adulation is I, like what, what can he, he just <laughs> it has to be a studio audience and he'd be like, you know, I just really wanted like a just a fun vibe, you know, the last four years. It's just about connecting with the people and I just wanna It's how like about, a daytime show. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. I'm in the house, yo. Let's get it going. Yep, it's Trumpy, baby. You know what time it is. All right, everyone. Watch me do the move, the elliptical. Oh, you love this one. All right. All right. So yeah. today we have That's Richard Spencer. This is so good. He's going to be talking about uh, Nazism a little bit at the top of the hour. And then later on, we're going to have like, what the fuck? I, yeah, like, can the, you imagine the, him even sharing the air with anyone like even having a guest or talking to anyone like it's just him <laughs> talking like he would he couldn't do an interview like he wouldn't be able to share the spotlight for it's, even a second people will it come up ha- for five seconds but they have to talk about how great he is it'll be yeah. like, little yeah. pimp little pimp is or, coming up right now he's gonna thank you, little pimp. talk about Love how you. huge my dick is you and Conway, big shout outs to you guys. Like the whole thing, I think it would be like how Lauren Lapkus had that podcast with special guest Lauren Lapkus mm-hmm. where the guest is actually the host to invite <laughs> Lauren Lapkus yeah. on. Like that's the Donald Trump shows. The guest will be the host to interview the host guest, Donald Trump. I think it's the only way like you could keep the dynamic up. Where he's like, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's your own fucking show. What? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's going to, the other thing that, he has it to his advantage with this whole news network is look, he's probably going to go streaming because he doesn't have the money to actually like get on cable. Like it's prohibitively expensive when you're broke. Um, But he's what he has in his favor is just like an inexhaustible list of like slack jawed racists who are willing to be bombarded with like angry fundraising emails and like texts like they're engaged people. So he has like a list to send out a blast to be like, it's coming, baby. So he, there, I, you know, there, I think there's money to be made. And I think yeah. based oh, on sure. what other things we're hearing from people on the right, which is the new tact from like pundits or just talking head GOP people were like, I mean, he's going to make so much money when he leaves. I mean, if he just thinks about all the opportunities he has when he leaves, it's like now they're trying to coax him out of the White House right. with a, with cash. Yeah. Well, that's what I saw those headlines about. He could get a hundred million dollar book deal, which <clears throat> it's I mean, I read I read the whole story and they were like people were like, That doesn't sound likely, but it could <laughs> talked. I was like, but if I was a publisher, I would be dangling that. I'd be like, We'll give you a hundred million dollars, Donald. Mm-hmm. You just have to concede. And then as yeah. soon as he concedes, be like, Nope. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we'll make sorry, you, I said oh, publishing house. Oh, we had some change. Oh, there's a big shakeup happening. Right. You know, it's like we such a network type. You we know. just got bought by Condé Nast. You know how yeah. it is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's just, oh, God, you hate to see it, Donald. You really do. But even with all this like noise he's making, because he was being really loud about stop the steal, um, his followers, who are typically very loyal, they're kind of letting him down because, you know, as he was screaming, stop this deal, there was a little quote unquote protest at the Fox like DC headquarters, uh, you know, just to show the network, you know, like when they pull up, when President Trump says stop this deal and it's smearing Fox News. Oh, we come we show out in numbers and by numbers, I mean eight people and one of wow. them is a child. They had <laughs> eight people together Uh like off of the energy the president was giving out and when reporters are asking the person who organized it you're like yo like what's good man like i thought this was a big deal for y'all like i thought you're stopping the steal like and y'all only got eight people that doesn't seem like that serious and his response is quote what we care about is measuring the votes not measuring what you tell me is important said martin flanked by master uh, flanked by a masked protester in a pro trump shirt that promised to quote make liberals cry again Ooh. <sighs> not measuring what you tell me is important. Like, I'm not telling you. Like, aren't you disheartened by the lack of support you have? Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tucker Carlson. I don't they have like a MAGA rally over the weekend happening? Oh, yeah, or of course. The million MAGA March. Uh, oh man, setting themselves up it. right there. 
anything yeah. short of a million. Yeah. Also, like, come on, y'all are trying to th- th- that. Okay, do you know what your the the play of the title is off of when black men were? Oh, <laughs> right. don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Uh, so you know they're there to stop this deal and you know do white power shit with their friends. Apparently, over the weekend there will be pr- appearances by the Oath Keepers, who are there to fight Antifa. Uh, Infowars has been like going through the South trying to get people like on a caravan to go to D.C. Uh, the Proud Boys, who are currently in the middle of a meltdown because they're trying to be fully unmasked Nazis, which most people are like, yeah, we knew that, though, you fucking idiots. No one was like, the Proud Boys aren't fucking white supremacists, even right. though they have you know, token minorities in the group. They are going to be there, but depending on who you ask, like which person who was quote-unquote leading him, one guy, the dude who is uh, from Florida, Enrique Terrio, he's like saying that, he thinks they'll be lucky if they get a hundred thousand people. He's like, dude, they're not getting. A f-. He's like, a mil- and he's like, a million so stupid to brand it like that because you're not gonna get fucking close, and it's gonna look like a failure. He's like, a hundred thousand is like if the shit's on God mode. Right. Other mm-hmm. than that, like you can forget about it. And he's the leader who they're trying to kick out because he's not white. Right? Because he is not white. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. I just saw someone make a good point that was like, the reason you're not seeing millions of Trump supporters taking to the streets and doing, I mean, we were not there yet necessarily, historically speaking, like the women's March wasn't until January at some point or February. But like part of the reason you're not seeing that level yet, at least, I mean, I could, like you said, there could be a God thing and like a hundred thousand people show up, but like is because they actually don't feel like their lives are threatened or like Mm -hmm. they're like that their rights are going to be taken away. I don't like, I think that, they they know they know that they're. I yeah, just think f- they fundamentally don't have the same level of fear that uh, you know everyone else had when Trump came into office. I mean, but if you watch, if they keep watching Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram, like they they're doing their best to get those people. Yeah, they are. Like oh, that, there's the, a Nazi takeover. But- the yeah. difference is you could be a trans person in this country and get attacked. You could be a black person and get killed by the police. You can be a woman and you're seeking like a, a control over your own body in a medical context and you won't get it. So mm-hmm. that shit's real. It's more for enough people. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like that shit mm-hmm. is like they're I'm looking at the shit they're talking about. They they're on like this weird 1984 or what like they're talking about microchips and shit yeah it's yeah. like and it's it's satanic panic and it's like it it isn't direct in their life it's very abstract it's like the babe they're 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 molesting the children they're chopping them up yeah. and eating the children like they don't <laughs> there's no immediate like i'm frightened for my own child's life right. i'm frightened for you know whatever I, I mean i think some are some are thinking that we're headed towards uh venezuela social like they th- they think that, but even that is pretty abstract. You yeah. Know? Um, so, so it's not it's not a good motivator of movements. That's why you look at what happened over the summer and you see tons of people in the street because whether they know their lives are threatened directly or other people can say, "Oh, I know enough people that this is an issue, and I'm standing in solidarity with them." That's the real shit. Yeah. Uh, being out here, being fucking, you know, going through white supremacy withdrawals on cable news—that's not real. That's yeah. not, unfortunately, that's not the kind of shit that when you have your back to the wall, you do something about it. You're just, you know, your show got canceled. That's right. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a good way of That's a good it. way of describing it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about the Country Music Awards. And we're back, and uh, the Country Music Awards happened, uh, I think, on Wednesday. Like, with people? Yeah, so they... I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. You'd think they would have gotten uh, the message when multiple musical acts began pulling out of the show uh, because they were literally testing positive for COVID uh, because America oh, the- in the middle of... A huge the, spike. The musicians themselves. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, sorry, oh like God. Lady A, uh, the band who changed their name to avoid seeming racist, but are currently suing a 62-year-old black artist who uh, was already mm-hmm. performing under that name. Uh, they had to cancel mere hours before the award ceremony after a family member got COVID. There was a country singer who themselves tested positive. 
and had to pull out of the medley tribute to Charlie Daniels, who we will talk oh. about in a moment. Um, but yeah, so the way that the CMA has pitched the awards this year is it's been a year, y'all. But for three hours next Wednesday on ABC, this is a no drama zone. And they extended that to include like no masks were allowed to be visible on the artists when they were like cutting to the crowd. They weren't allowed Wait, to be wearing and so masks. So they're doing an actual award ceremony in person. They're not in doing person. a virtual one. Oh. Yes. In person. No, so it's a Trump oh, rally. Doing it remotely is uh, is too dramatic, I think. Uh, so they wanted to do. <laughs> they wanted to get everybody together, pretend like it was 2019. The AP pretend it's fucking 16, 19. Right, exactly. The AP, like the Associated Press, pulled out of its planned coverage. Uh, like they're always there to just take pictures of whatever's happening anytime there's like a nationally televised award. Uh, ceremony they had to pull out due to restrictions being placed on their still photographers. They said that they couldn't be inside and also couldn't take screen caps of the broadcast uh, of uh, crowd shots because they didn't want them to see people being maskless, but they also didn't want the people to wear masks. But I thought this was drama free, y'all. What's going on? What's, yeah. what's all this other drama hiding the drama? It's um, sick. It's so sick. Yeah. So they wanted to present the image that everything in the world is fine, uh, not alienate their anti-masker viewers. Uh, and according to reports, several guests had clear face shields but hid them during crowd shots. And while they were required to wear masks elsewhere in the venue when sitting at their tables during the show, everyone's faces were maskless. And what? Yeah. They, so they just did a super spreader event for no fucking reason. Yeah. Well, just because they know that their people just want to want to see them live in well, some weird Truman show. They're like, well, the NBA had the NBA bubble, so our people need something. Uh, we just aren't going to go through the process of actually making it safe. Well, it's just this also like white fragility on yes. show. Like, yeah. let's be real. It's like, don't show us as being human beings who are susceptible to things like scientific, scientifically acknowledged viruses. Like, who is this for? It's really for them. Or so I don't know why they're like this projection of, oh, they, but this place is safe. You know, like we don't have to worry uh, when we're all together here at the CMAs. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it well, it's like what Trump said, like, um, don't let it control your life. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, as he said it with the weirdest voice. What an absolute horrendous thing to say to the nation. Like we're when people have died, and you know, so many people have died and been mm -hmm. and are sick and still sick, and like it's just not him. He feels better than ever. He feels like it's twenty years ago. I just I got back I, for Walter Reed Medical. None of them great. have died. Herman yeah. Cain's the only one. What? I mean, come on, it's give a us fucked one. Up racist, it's a fucked up racist <laughs> script where the black dude died first. I don't know how that happened, <laughs> but you'd think they would fucking do some tweaking here. The universe needs to correct itself. Well, it's like, I don't want people, I'm not one of those people that's like, I wish death on people. Like, I, I do draw a line, although I will be happy. I'll be happy when Trump's dead. Like, mm -hmm. that's different than It'll me wishing he was dead. Yeah. Actively, the distinction? right, sure. Um, but I, uh, I don't understand how so many of the Republican, like uh, the administration, all the people that got COVID, none of them died. Like, I just hate the yeah. messaging. I hate, I'm like, yeah, we, <laughs> like, come on, universe. We're almost died, you know, like, <laughs> come on. Right. Like he's stronger. Um, yeah. Speaking of people who uh, died from coronavirus there was no mention at the country music awards of john prine who is a country oh, yeah. legend who died of covid back in april uh he's written songs for no Johnny drama Cash, uh, don't bring George that drama Strait, in here. miranda lambert however uh Wait. the show did honor uh did open honoring charlie daniels who died recently and it's kind of weird considering he was a racist conspiracy theorist who routinely attacked Democrats on social media, most recently mm -hmm. issued a stern warning to Taco Bell not to joke about the Illuminati. 
because they're <laughs> Bell Luminati ads. Uh, Wait, they, they were good Charlie to... Daniels warned Taco Bell. Oh, this is so good. Yeah. Uh, he sent them a tweet. Hey, Taco Bell, space, return. The Illuminati is not a friz- frivolous subject. Uh, so, you oh, know. Okay, Charlie. I mean, I you would know. The devil uh, went down to Georgia. I mean, based on that electoral college map, the devil surely did, went down to Georgia this year. <laughs> I don't know what happened, y'all, but this is a drama-free uh, environment. Well, we will, we will disrespect the dead. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? They really, they didn't even do like a, like a, all award shows do. We're like, all right, let's do like in memoriam. Nope. All the lost homies. Nah. Pour out a little just bit that of one. our tobacco spittoon. Yeah, yeah. Damn. <laughs> pour out a little spittoon. Yeah. Um, But they were good to honor Charlie Daniels. Because, you know, he's the kind of drama that they feel all right about. That doesn't bother them. God, I want to know more about Charlie. Charlie's intersection with the Illuminati and what yeah. happened. Yeah. Man, you know he's got some stories like, no, yes, uh, you know, I've been around this country, man. And I met some Seen people. the tapes. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> you know he's got some story that, like, he uses to get everybody to buy in on, like, his Illuminati shit. Oh, God. Yeah. That is the Country Music Awards. Shout out to uh, writer Jay McNabb for uh, watching that for us. Uh, <laughs> you, you poor son of a bitch. All right. Well, Sarah, it has been a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where can people uh, find you and follow you? Uh, Sarah Schaefer One um, on all platforms. Um, the first. Yep, the first, the only. Actually, there's many Sarah Schaefer's. I didn't get Sarah Schaefer in time, so I'm oh. Sarah Schaefer one. Do you know who the the Sarah Schaefer is that who's been beating you to all your no, social? No, and it's such an I'm such an idiot. I got I I got Twitter early, like, and you could um I could have gotten Sarah Schaefer, but I didn't ah. know Twitter was going to become a thing. Yeah, and, and I did like, like my AOL screen name. Like that's how right, early right. I got Twitter. <laughs> That's how that was my first handle, and then uh, Crayshon blocked me uh, <laughs> when the, Gucci, the song Gucci Gucci came out because I was talking a lot of shit, and then I had to change my handle so I could I could get back uh, in the Twitter sphere. Anyway, <laughs> little Twitter story for you. Yeah, my beef with Crayshon. <laughs> and your book's name is Grand. Grand, and people can find it wherever books are sold. Yes. Uh, is there a tweet or some other act of social media you've been enjoying? Uh, you know, I've kind of like gone deep on TikTok. I'm mesmerized okay. by it. I like, I'm disturbed by it. Like how quickly the algorithm identified Figured what I out. wanted to see. Yeah, because <laughs> it was one of the first things in the modern age of knowing about algorithms and how. And after watching the the social dilemma, like, like I joined TikTok clean. Like, you know, they didn't know anything about me. Right. And within two weeks, they're like, you're a, a, a liberal or a left-leaning <laughs> person who enjoys smackdowns on Republicans. Like, you like girls lip-syncing up close, like, anime characters. Like, you know, just like... <laughs> <laughs> right, like, right, what? right. What? And now like, I can't escape. Well, fuck you, you know? algorithm. Yeah. Yeah, right. the algorithm read me for filth. But there, the, the uh, TikTok encourages me. The youth are uh, utilized, and older people are using it too in very creative ways. And I, but it is a time suck because you just get stuck in the scroll. So yeah, you got to limit it. Mm. Um, Miles, where can people find you? What's tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, I'm going, uh, let's see, Twitter, Instagram, uh, is where you can find me at miles of gray. And also, uh, the other podcast 420 day fiance, check that out. Um, and let's see a tweet. I like, it's really just a video clip I'm seeing from at ESPN FC. Look, I love soccer. I love European footy. And there are some international matches going on and they're allowing fans in the stands of the Northern Ireland and Slovakia game. And what like they're showing on ESPN is this like, disinfecting booth that fans are walking through where like these fans are like full on with their scarves and jerseys and it's like they step in and they're just getting misted with I don't know if it's like like methanol or something just oh. to disinfect them uh, but it just seems very archaic and I'm not sure that's going to help but you know a glimpse into our future yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find me on 
Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Uh, tweet I've been enjoying. Jesus Nice tweeted, Pfizer dropping the COVID vaccine via the sneakers app. So don't even worry. <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on miles what are we riding into the weekend on this is a group that has a very um a very interesting origin story uh this is a group called reina tropical and it's uh fabi reina and sumo hair okay they're a duet a duo but they met like at this uh like at bonnaroo at some red bull like thing for musicians and they hit it off so immediately like that day they just started making an album and the music's like really it's just it's fun when you see two people who like make music and they just vibe and they're like okay so we're just doing this immediately uh so this track uh is called nina and it's just got like it's cool um she's very much like got her latin vibes on guitar and then more like sort of beady production but it's done in a very like trippy way so it's a good easy listen with some nice texture so this is nina by reina tropical uh all right we are gonna ride out on that the daily zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that is going to do it for this morning we'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending and we'll talk to y'all then bye Yo no sé, yo no sé, yo no sé,